Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And today on the show, I am super excited to introduce to you Pam Christian, mindset coach and author of I Hope You're Having a Great Day. I know I am. Pam is passionate about inspiring others to improve their mindset and develop a positive perspective on life. Her work helps people to not only land their dream job, but also to love the job they land after they get it. Pam, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. I'm super excited. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So I always like to start the podcast, and this is going to be kind of a trick, I think. We'll see. Um, With how we got connected. Um, And you know what? I think the first time on the show, I can't remember. (laughs) I've been thinking about it myself and I'm not positive if I'm right or not. It was either from Frank. No, you connected me to Frank. So it was from Todd, right? No. Are you thinking Todd Armstrong? Yeah, no. No. Was it it Frank Agin or you connected me to Frank? See, because usually all roads lead back to Frank, but I think this time we went the other way. Yeah. I honestly can't remember how the universe directed you exactly (laughs) that is so awesome so you know i love your energy i love you know and one thing i want to point out that i really love about you you have such a gifting heart and you are so giving like i get gifts all the time from you i'm like what i do now you know (laughs) and it's beautiful but even sometimes it may just be an inspirational text or you know hey try this this might help you because we've talked about my journey and i just love that you are so generous and giving back to the world thank you so much you know when you kind of get your cup filled enough that's it spills over and you want to do that it's like i love helping other people and i love offering assistance and really just i love serving so thank you for uh acknowledging that absolutely i'm i'm the worst at that about not giving of myself but like giving gifts and things i'm not so good at i just we i don't think about it yeah yeah that doesn't have to mine, be your thing mine's words of affirmations i will tell you all day long how fabulous you are you know so as you just did <laughs> exactly that proves the point you know and i i do want to just take a quick minute i know that this isn't what we're really here to talk about but i'd love just to take a quick minute to talk about clubhouse this is like a new phenomena right and I know you're very active on it. I'm baby active on it. But why? What? how do people benefit from being on Clubhouse? I mean, I think there are a lot of different ways, and it depends what you're on it for. For me, I've been missing my speaking platform since COVID. So, and I've done stuff on Zoom and things like that, but this is a diff- this is really the closest closest I can get to having this full audience and being able to offer what I learned, what I've done, and share it with others. So for me, that's the biggest reason. Relationships have come out of it, which is pretty awesome too. And I wasn't expecting, but for me, I missed my speaking. You know, it's so interesting because you can be on a stage with anybody on Clubhouse. 
And I, you know, I have been on stages with some of the greats like Dave Meltzer and Amelia Antonetti, and I'm just like, how did this happen? But then I'm like, well, it's those relationships that you build, right? And that you nourish. It's so awesome. I have some also some professional athletes and some celebrities as well. And now they follow me on Instagram. I follow them. But the thing is, they're just people like us. Yes. They're, and, and, and I've had them as guests on my podcast as well. They're, they're, we have this thing in our head about who they are or what they are. And they are awesome, at least the ones that I've met so far. But so am I. And so are you. So <laughs> there you go. We just connect. It, absolutely. And it is so interesting that, you know, when you do get on the stage with some of these people that they're so humble and so willing, just like you're so generous, but people are afraid to ask. I DM all of them want to be on my podcast. Will you be on a panel that I'm doing on Clubhouse? And I think they appreciate that. And everyone's starting out sort of at the same space here. So we're all building together. So you can't be super exclusive on a platform like this. And also what I love about this is it's not like Instagram, which, you know, I have a solid following on Instagram and everything, but Instagram's like, it's not cool to follow each other. Whether you're like um, an influencer or just a teenager, it's like, you have to really want to follow the person. It's like, you have to be really careful and you're you're almost like you're, what's the word, not selfish, but you're, you, you hoard your, the people you follow or the people who follow you. It's the exact opposite. In this kind of a platform, you want to follow everyone because if you don't, then you can't find them again. You can't go to their rooms and you can't learn what they're learning. And so it's, it's a different mentality. It's all about contribution here. It absolutely is. Okay, so speaking of contributions, we're gonna pick your brains today. So I recently read a blog post of yours that called uh, Luck, When Preparation Meets Opportunity. In the post, you talk about how you can sabotage your chances of getting a job if you go into the interview with the wrong mindset, and we do a lot on mindset here, you know that. So what are some tips that you can share to help people establish the right mindset in situations like this? I mean, first of all, everything begins and ends with self-awareness. So if you don't know your limiting beliefs and you don't know you're sabotaging yourself, you definitely can't course correct. Mm. So getting in tune with yourself, not necessarily the day before the interview, but starting that process right after you hear this podcast or another podcast and just starting to kind of notice, observe yourself. I'm always like kind of asking myself questions and it doesn't mean that I have to have the answers for them, but like a thought runs through my mind and I'll say, hey, is that thought true? Where did that thought come from? That's so weird. Or, oh, I love that thought. That's right. I am awesome. Or, you know, um, also, you know, our limiting beliefs, getting to know them and making friends with them almost. Not making friends with them so they stay with you, but when you make friends with them, you're like, hey, I see you. I hear you. I know you're a voice in my head, but you're not going to be the prominent voice. You're not Mm going to be the dominant voice. And it takes the charge and power away from it. So self-awareness, then challenging your thoughts. But real, not but, and really visualizing what it is you want and yourself stepping into that interview, not even into that job just yet. Because you know what? Maybe you'll do the interview and you won't like your new yeah. boss. Maybe you won't want that job and not feeling so desperate that you have to go take it. So visualize what you want it to look like, the outcome you want to have, and create that picture before it hits our reality. Because we manifest or create things in our subconscious before they show up in our physical reality. And we give birth to them in our subconscious and all of a sudden they're in front of us, but we have to first bring them into our subconscious. 
Absolutely. I love what you just said there. And I want to kind of demystify the manifestation piece because, you know, it, it does manifest in our subconscious first. But what that does for us is, you know, the law of attraction is very real. You know, what it does is it opens up our eyes to look for those opportunities to make that come true. Somebody told me the other day, they're like, Casey, you're so lucky. And I'm like, I'm not lucky. I'm open to opportunities and I'm always looking for them. And my target is laser focused when I want something. And it's weird. And I was just telling you about this before we came on the podcast, how those things that I need line up in my life right when I need them. I feel the same exact way. But the one thing I would say is it's not weird. It's not weird. You're creating that. Yeah, yeah. it's not weird at all. You're creating that. And you know, we often do say luck. Oh, and I catch myself saying it all the time. And recently after writing that blog, I'm like, wait, no, it's not luck. It's it's using more than the five senses. It's being open and willing for something to be different than what we're taught because we're taught to look at a certain way very linearly. Mm -hmm. And then we see it as, oh, he was lucky. She was lucky. Oh, it's not going to happen to me. But if you see evidence other than the evidence that you're taught to see, you'll see that it's happening all along the way and you're the only one in the way of it happening. And then also letting go of the time frame with it. Ooh, that's important. I'm glad you brought that up. Really letting, you know, letting it occur naturally, not forcing it, letting the universe, so to speak, bring that to you, right? That's good exactly. stuff right there. So your research has shown that people show up as their best self in the interview. And then their next spec self for like the next two weeks. And then, you know, then they tend to start losing satisfaction. So why do people start losing, you know, tend to lose motivation and job satisfaction after that initial period? It's a great question, but I'm just going to name something that's happening right now because I think we need to do that. My shirt is like going all over the place. <laughs> and if I don't name it, I'm just going to keep playing with it. So I'm fixing it really quickly. All right. You are fine. Um, Okay, there we go. All right, because I won't be able to focus, but also people are like going to be like distracted by it. So right. I think when we own our stuff, and that's one thing, and then I'll answer your question, we have to just see what's happening and not be embarrassed or, oh, I'm not perfect or this or that. And so anyway, to your question, which is a really good one. So we get the best of an, a person in their interview. And um, I learned this from a bunch of places, but the place that it really hit home for me was, I don't know if you know who Gary Keller is, but he mm -hmm. obviously owns Keller Williams, but he also owns the number one training company in the world. And people are super excited at the interview. First of all, they don't even necessarily care if they want the job. They just want the interview and they want to get chosen. And we forget to even look, wait, is this still something that I'm in line with? alignment with and then what happens is they get the job like Phew. this is all subconscious by the way it's not like they go home and they're like i got it now i don't yeah. have to work um but the energy that was going into getting it the fear of not getting it the embarrassment of having to go to your partner your home your parents whoever and say i didn't get it puts you on such a high alert so you work so hard then you get it and all of a sudden your nervous system settles down and you're like, okay, now I can kind of settle in and get comfortable and you're not pushing yourself as hard. But there are ways that you can, as a leader, encourage the people that you hire to continue to show up as their best self. Oh, I was actually going to ask that question next. So how can leaders motivate their employees to keep that job satisfaction and motivation up? 
it's personal. So it's personal to the person who is the employee and you have to have conversations with them. Learn what they are all about. Learn what their dreams are. Learn some people want to go buy a house. Other people want their first vacation. Other people want two weeks off with their um, new baby or you know their spouse. And so get to know the people and what's important to them. Some people are motivated by bonuses and what's motivating to them and set milestones together and goals together for them to achieve it. But also what I always did uh, with my team was I would set some stuff up privately by myself for each of my team members that I would hit and they didn't know about it. And then I'd surprise them with it, but it would be stuff that aligned with what they wanted and was in resonance because I got to know them and know what was important for them. So it's learning the people you're working with, caring about them. So those, those are, and then like, you know, uh, it, those are bigger picture things, but in the, in the scheme of a week, like some people don't, obviously right now we're not going, many people aren't going into the office, but if you are or back when you do go to the office, it's what's important to that person. Do they like to have lunch at their desk? Do they like team meetings a certain way? Do they like Fridays working from home? Do they like dress down Fridays and getting to know what's important and don't be, not being so confined to the old way of business working that you open yourself up to saying, you know what, that's going to make them happy. They're going to show up better for their job because they're going to have better satisfaction, not just in their job, but personally too. You, such great information. And I will tell you, um, and I tell this, I say this on the podcast all the time, obviously my company that I work for sponsors the podcast VIP, but they've got it so right about inspiring their employees. Like I literally have people calling me all the time trying to recruit me out of there. And I'm like, no, you will have to drag me kicking and screaming. I'm not, they've given me such freedom to grow my wings and be an intrapreneur instead of an entrepreneur. Cause you know, I mean, it's like, I bring ideas and they're like, okay, well, yeah, we can try that. You know what? I'm like, really? You're going to give me money for that? So, you know, even like this podcast. Well, they value you. And I think exactly. that's what it comes down to, being valued. Yeah. And I am motivated every single day to go to work and work my tail off and I, and I love it. You know, I absolutely awesome. love what I do. So I think That's that so if more companies would do exactly what you're saying and exactly what our company does. I think that the job satisfaction, because I, I think it's, an, it's a horrible number. Isn't it like 70% of people aren't happy with their job? I don't know the number, but it's a, at an all time low, except co the one thing that from people are saying from COVID is they're happier because they get to work from home. But I also think that people are choosing jobs because they're desperate for the income that they don't really necessarily, you know, feel connected to. Yes. And they're like, okay, I can do this, but it's not their purpose. So like as a leader, I would ask what their purpose was. And if it wasn't what the job they were doing was, I would ask how we could bring that either into their career or into their life. Because when people are pursuing their purpose, whether it's for financial reasons or not, mm -hmm. they glow. Yeah, absolutely. 100%, I am with you there all the way personal testimony can definitely say that so um so we've discussed the concept of competing against the person you were yesterday i love this i love this instead of competing against everyone in your office and oh, i just can't wait to hear what you have to say so what does this mean to you and how can you find motivation within yourself okay go I love the motivation within yourself. It's called intrinsic motivation as opposed to extrinsic motivation. And extrinsic motivation is like, I want that car, so I'll do this, or I want that, so I'll do this. Intrinsic is it's something deep within you. It's that purpose mm -hmm. tapping into that and that motivating you. And I think, listen, you and I are on different places in our journey. 
I don't know who's further ahead or who's behind, but that doesn't mean anything because it's not a competition. It's a, where we are from where we started. And so me comparing myself to you would be, it's not apples to apples, it's totally irrelevant. So I always say to myself before I go to bed, okay, what did I accomplish today? What didn't I? I also like to look at what I didn't do. Yeah. I think looking at what I didn't do is really important, but not from the standpoint of, oh, Pam, I can't believe you didn't do that. You're such a failure. You're lazy. You're a bum, whatever. No, actually, I say, all right, good. You gave yourself grace and it's okay and you'll do it tomorrow. So before I go to bed, I ask myself that. And then I also ask myself, what's one thing that I can do? Just one to be better than I was yesterday. And better is a judgment word. So it's it's a better in air quotes, mm. like for lack of a better, lack of a better word. <laughs> um, it's, it's better for myself, inside of myself. What's one thing that I could do that I would go to bed feeling like, wow, I'm really happy I did that. And I always do that first thing in the morning, the next morning, because if you do it when you wake up or after you have your routine and your rituals and you get started, it's going to get done. If you wait till three, four, five, six o'clock, you have an excuse not to do it again. But really, you know, our, our, our purposes in life, we each have our own unique purpose and um, that's great. But all of our purposes is just to keep going and kind of getting bettering ourselves, but not in a grind kind of way in a compassionate kind of way, in a loving kind of way, in a supportive way of our own self so that we can shine. We are, you know, years ago, it was like people would um, kind of criticize us as people and tell us what we were doing wrong, our parents, our bosses, whatever, and thought that was the way that we elicit mm -hmm. the best in us. It's not, it's building on our strengths. It's finding what our strengths are and continuing to work on them. So I always look at my strengths and then say, okay, well, what's going to change tomorrow that I can work on this even more so that I can show up in the world and serve even better? So beautiful. And I, I hesitate to even add anything to that because it's so complete. But, you know, I would share with you that, you know, I also have, well, I, of course, I have a morning routine, but I also have an evening routine. And in during that evening routine, of course, I do my gratitude again. You know, what am I grateful for? I like to book in my day with gratitude. But the other thing that I do is I really become conscious of a big win for the day. And hopefully, you know, I mean, I call it a big win, but it could be you know, maybe not a big win, maybe, but just something I won at because that's positive and that helps you go forward and makes, it helps me want to get up again tomorrow, right? Because I had a win today, but I'm also looking at, you know, what did I learn? I always want to walk away with something that I learned for the day. And there's a lot of other stuff that I did, but those are the two biggies that I thought were relevant here. And, you know, oh, and I will tell you, thank you for it giving me advice on, or maybe steering me, not giving me advice, but maybe sharing another way of doing things because I am now doing my exercise in the morning. I love it. I love it. It's game, it was a game changer for me. And you know what the cool thing is? Maybe it's you're consistent now and all of a sudden you fall off and then it's the afternoons that work again. It's like being fluid and open to things being different. I always talk about this toolbox that we have. We have a toolbox of all these different tools. There are work tools, our home and personal tools. And you know, there are tons of them. It could be lifting weights, and then I'm just using exercise as an example. Cardio, then light stretching, then yoga. And maybe on Monday, you want to do the cardio. But Tuesday, you know what? No, I want to do the afternoon, and I'm going to do lifting weights, and I'm going to go heavy. It's like we have so much available, but we get stuck in these patterns, and we have to be rigid and do them this way. No, and float with it. So I love that it's working for you in the morning. It's awesome. 
I know, finally. <laughs> Although not so much this week. We've had early morning news interviews, so it's been put off for just a little bit. So, you know, right. and one thing I love about you, Pam, is you're so positive and upbeat and encouraging all the time. And I know I started the podcast off with that, but you really are. And the reason I bring that back up is because I want to know what your best advice is on overcoming working in a toxic workplace because they exist. So yeah, how do you deal exist. with it? I mean, really you have to, what it is, it, first of all, it's not easy. So let me just preface it with that because I'm going to say all this stuff, but we're going to start with it's not easy and <laughs> know that I know that. Um, Okay, so that toolbox that I just mentioned, mm -hmm. you want to really tap into that toolbox every single day because what happens is that toolbox, everyone's toolbox is unique. Like, so Hal Elrod could have his recommendations, Anthony Robbins can have his, Grant Cardone, Eckhart Tolle, everyone has their own. You have to find what, what, they're all great. So choose the things that work for you and put them in your toolbox. Choose the things that don't work for you also and put them in your toolbox, but they go in the dusty corners of your toolbox because you're not going to take them right now because they're not working right now. But there's going to be a day that they start working that you're like, ooh, that cold shower, I want to do that. <laughs> and all those things in your toolbox, those are things that are going to nourish your soul. Those are your self-love and self-care. And so when you start taking care of yourself every morning, every evening, and throughout the day, because now it's become a lifestyle for me. So if I'm working, I'll go out and hop out and listen to music for 15 minutes or take a walk. And so what happens is you become so whole, centered, grounded, and aligned with yourself that yeah, it's annoying to be around the toxic people, but it doesn't pull and suck at your energy because mm. your energy is so grounded. So it's like you roll your eyes or you're like, oh, I cannot believe I have to be around this as opposed to it taking you down with it. And there's a big difference. Yeah, so good. I, I swear we could just talk to you for like days and days and days and not even scratch the surface of all the good advice that you have. But that is so true. And I think that, you know, for anyone that is working in a toxic environment, I, what you just said, work on yourself first, be whole so that we can, you know, when you go there, it doesn't bother you as much. I can tell you, not many people bother me. Me too. Yeah, I, and, and being whole, I mean, sorry, and working on yourself, a lot of people be like, are like, well, I don't have the time or I don't have this. Working on yourself could mean making yourself a lunch that you bring to work versus ordering out. It could mean taking 10 minutes and not answering calls. It could mean doing a lap around the office. It doesn't have to be bubble baths and meditation, which are also amazing, and <laughs> long walks and all that stuff. It could just be tuning out and giving yourself two minutes, saying I'm t t closing my eyes for two minutes and tuning into myself. So you can find time all the time. I, I think that is so beautiful. And so I definitely want to ask you this. So you mentioned Gary Keller earlier, and I believe that you worked with him or studied under him or both. And um, he is also the author or co-author of The One Thing, which is a fantastic book. If, you haven't, if people haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Um, so what is one thing that you learned that when you were with your time with him that you'd like to share with us? So I worked for him um, and I was um, not like on the administrative side. I just want to be clear. I was a, I ran a real estate team at Keller Williams Realty, but I went to all of his seminars. Oh gosh, the one thing that's hard because I've learned so much for him, but I guess um, um, people first, service mm. first. And I knew that already, and I always have been a giver, so that was easy for me. But he somehow 
ways that he said it changed the way I gave. So maybe before I was like fully whole and healed and had really gone inwards, there would be some resentment or obligation attached to the giving, even though I love giving and I chose it. And now it's, there's none of that. It's just giving from my heart and trusting that the universe will serve me when it's time. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. Detached from the outcome. (laughs) Maybe we need to get him on the show. Not maybe, we do. (laughs) Okay, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. Um, So, okay, well, believe it or not, I hate this, but we are running out of time already. So I definitely want to get to our VIP questions and, you know, give you an opportunity to let people know how they can find you. But first, VIP questions. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. If you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? So I thought about um, questions like this, and I'm going to say that I color outside of the lines. I love it. So I do have three kids, but two are twins, and I don't like to keep them as make them as one. But for the purpose of being able to have more to bring with me, um, my <laughs> kids, I'm going to clump into one. So that's one. My crystals. Oh yeah. All of my crystals and myself. That just gave me chills. Wow. That is good. Do you want to elaborate on that just a little bit? Well, I think that we detach from ourselves all day long, all the time. And so when I, when, you know, we go somewhere, let's say we're going to fly somewhere, we get frazzled, we get, we might be excited, but so much happens and there's so much going on that we kind of lose our center. And so I want to bring my authentic self, my true self, my higher self, the self that shines when I do things like this, when I serve people. So that part of me is coming complete and whole with not my lower self. Wow. I think we should just stop right there. That was that was a lot. I told you days and days and days. Um, okay. Whew, regroup. Um, <laughs> so what is one thing you do to set yourself up or what's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? I have a practice where this is one, this is, it, it's a practice that when I get up, it's going to sound like three things, but it's one thing. After I do my like oil pulling, I'm washing my face and my drinking my water and all that. I go meditate, say gratitude, express gratitude and pray. And that's one, one component. So Mm -hmm. it's the meditation, gratitude and prayer. Love it. I can't live without it. It's non-negotiable. And I love that you said that it's a non-negotiable, you know, I have, you know, meditation is one of my non-negotiables, meditation and journaling. You know, if it doesn't matter if I'm going to be late for work, you know, if I have to go to the office, it's, that's got to happen because I'm so scatterbrained and just, I don't have that clarity. So I I, I totally appreciate that. So if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Um, helping to heal humanity by inspiring and motivating others to live their very best lives. And you do that fabulously. Thank you. So how do people find you? I think the best way to find me is DM me on Instagram at Pam Christian with two N's or my website, thepamchristiangroup.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I highly recommend anybody out there that if they need a coach to help them along their journey for anything, it doesn't matter what, you know, reach out to Pam because I know she'd love to help you just like she's been helping me. So Pam, one last thing to say to you, you are a VIP. 
Thank you so much, and so are you. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.